This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, February 23rd, 2024. I'm Caleb Brown. FERC, the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, has a problem. The agency might not have enough votes to do its job. And for energy to cross state lines, whether it be through power lines or pipelines, the problem has big implications for energy. Cato's Travis Fisher explains. What is the best case for FERC existing? Well, my first answer is that it does exist. So it could be that the burden of proof is on removing it at this point. It's had water authority since the Federal Water Power Act of 1920. And so then it got a lot of its authority from the 1935 Federal Power Act. And so it's been in existence for that long. Probably the best case for its continued existence is that, you know, we have a Federalist case that you wouldn't want states to be doing all of this stuff on their own. We have a multi-state transmission grid on electricity. We have a multi-state pipeline system uh, for for gas. And so FERC is sort of the federal oversight to those uh, multi-state markets. Even with the narrowest conception of the Commerce Clause here, we have energy crossing state lines. And to make that process more regular, a regulator uh, has a role. That's right. If we're being generous to FERC, we would say, yes, absolutely, there's a case, especially from the interstate commerce. Describe the quorum problem at FERC and what does that endanger? So in order to function, FERC does need a quorum. So it's of the five FERC commissioners, there are five spots. You need at least three to vote on an order to get it out. That's how FERC acts. It it acts by orders. So we have three now. And the one whose term ends this year has announced that she's not seeking a second term. So by the beginning of next year, we will have lost the quorum. It'll go from three to two votes. And so what that would do, it would be a wrench in the gears of of the operation of the agency. And I, I view that as a problem because it not only has oversight of the reliability of the power system, it approves all sorts of rates and sort of the well-functioning of the wholesale electricity markets and all that stuff. Probably the most fundamental piece, though, is just approving gas pipelines. So if you cross the state border, you need FERC approval for that gas pipeline. And even things like a compressor station, things that you wouldn't expect necessarily would require approval. Guess what? They do. And as soon as FERC is unable to act, we can't get approvals on those basic things. The downside risk of not solving this problem are fairly high. So what should what should happen? So the way it's supposed to work is it's the president's job to nominate a commissioner. And they would be approved by the Senate with the advice and consent of the Senate. So the way that's usually supposed to work is either a name bubbles up through the Senate itself, uh, and then the president basically does the the formal nomination of the person who's been identified by the Senate. And it usually comes from a party. This is a partisan thing. It's a nonpartisan agency in the sense that you can only have three from the same party. So it's usually supposed to be, at a full complement, it's supposed to be three, two. So usually the party will sort of put forward a name president officially nominates that person. They go through a Senate confirmation process, but all of that takes time. And so now we have essentially three vacancies and we have all year to fill them. It's just, that is sort of the, uh, that's the trouble here is even in February, I have very little confidence that we're going to get this done by the end of the calendar year. So that's the risk. Absent this problem, what else could FERC be doing this year? A couple things. One prominent thing, and we've talked about the LNG pause, the White House's decision to pause the 
liquefied natural gas exports. And that is a DOE decision. But before that, FERC would actually have to approve the facility itself. So the LNG export terminal. And there are still a few terminals that FERC has yet to approve that we're expecting approval this year. So there's that. The other major action is on the electricity transmission side. We're expecting a major final rule on transmission. And I expect the agency to be able to process that. But the question then is, what happens on subsequent rounds? If you lose a quorum, first of all, you wouldn't be able to do the major transmission rule. You wouldn't be able to do the LNG export facility permitting, but you lose the ability to do all the other stuff that doesn't necessarily get headlines. There are thousands of orders that FERC issues that would basically all grind to a halt if they didn't have a quorum to act. The quorum problem that uh, FERC is currently facing, it's not unprecedented. It's not unprecedented at all. And in fact, a lot of the stars are aligned, if you will, in the same way that they were in 2016. So in 2016, we had a Democrat president leaving some vacancies at FERC, by the time that Trump won the election and the Trump transition was attempting to you know, do new policy at FERC and at DOE and elsewhere, there were three commissioners, all Democrats, and one of them decided to just resign abruptly. And that, of course, caused the loss of quorum in early 2017. So we're talking about the same month-ish, say FERC in February of 2017, was without a quorum for six months. So it took until mid-August. So for six months, the staff was scrambling. They were trying to figure out how they could do the day-to-day -day work. You know, they weren't going to do any major rulemakings, but you still need a commission vote to approve a lot of the work that they do. So they figured out ways to basically process the day-to-day -day work without a quorum. And I think they did the best they could, but it was six months of radical uncertainty. Um, and you would think that you know, the incoming president could solve this problem directly. It's not that easy because first you have to do a lot of vetting of the names and things like that. But then you also have to go through that Senate confirmation process. And if you're in the front end of a new administration, there are a lot of roles that require Senate confirmation. So then where does the, the FERC role stack up with the rest of the confirmations that you have to do? And so just by the nature of the thing and how long it takes, it basically took all of six months to get back to a full complement. Given the experience in 2017, what do you expect in the next year or two? Keeping in mind that, of course, we're in an election year and commissioners will be replaced. Right. Well, that's what I'm worried about, is that it looks a lot like 2016 in the lead up to the lost quorum in 2017. Because if we do have a changeover in administration, we might actually have more folks leave from FERC. I don't know. But Let's say we don't make any new additions to FERC this year. Going into 2025, we already have the one whose term ends. So we're already out of a quorum. And then we're starting over from scratch, trying to figure out who do we nominate? How fast can they get through the Senate confirmation process, especially given everything else that the Senate is going to be doing in the start of a new admin? There's going to be a lot of folks that have to move through that process. So my concern is that we're going to go another six, eight months without a quorum and then all the problems that, that come from that. All of the reasons that we would argue against policy uncertainty in general, this is almost like a personnel layer to add on to policy uncertainty. It's a personnel problem that causes policy uncertainty. So I'd like to at least fix that part of it. We'll see if people move on at this calendar year, but it really, things should be moving faster than they are, in my opinion. And we'll see how fast they move for the rest of the calendar year. But safe to say, my anxiety is flaring up. 
Travis Fisher directs energy and environmental policy at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you please. And thank you for listening.